0: The sermon title really is not the spot. It's being on the spot. And I want to spend these few minutes with you this morning talking about what happens in life when we're on the spot. It's sort of like this fellow who got caught in the wrong side of town, surrounded by a gang of thugs. He fell to his knees in prayer and muttered, I'm doomed. Clouds parted, a ray of light came down on the man on his knees, and he heard a voice from heaven say, no, my son, you are not doomed. Pick up the lead pipe at your feet and hit the leader in the head with it. And so he did what he was told. He he obeyed the voice. He picked up the lead pipe, he conked the leader of the gang in the head, And he thought, wow, that really worked out well. The leader of the gang was laid out. And then the man lifted up his eyes and he saw the rest of the gang. As they began to surround him with guns and knives and chains. And suddenly the clouds parted again. A ray of light came down and the man heard a voice from heaven saying, okay now you're doomed. (laughs) That's called being on the spot. And if we're smart, if we're smart, it's not wise to follow every voice that we hear. What time during the year is God uppermost in our minds? Well, certainly at Christmas, certainly at Easter, maybe at Pentecost. Uh, That's not one of the what you call one of the high days of the of the of the church calendar, but it's it's an important day, blessing of the Spirit. But but if we're honest, most of the time when God becomes a focus for us is when we're on the spot. When, when life hands us lemons, when we're in a jam, when we're on the horns of a dilemma, generally when things aren't going well, that's when we seem to instinctively turn to God. Maybe business has taken a slide, income has fallen, the stock market takes a dip, interest rates are low, yeah, like that's something new, <laughs> sickness has rocked us or or we're facing surgery personal relationships are all up in a heaval, and you're at a fork in the road and you don't know which fork to take i don't know if that's a yogiism or not they they attribute that to yogi berra you know when you come to the fork in the road take it yeah they say yogi is supposedly the one who who said that first, I did a little research and saw that it's later than, than him, but uh, still, I, I like it for Yogi, that's, that's good. Now being on the spot, dear friends, may be the perfect place for us to learn something about God and about ourselves. If it can be a place where God meets us and touches us and transforms us, The spot that we see as a predicament may just be our place of salvation. Back in the 60s, I was in the Navy in the mid-60s, and I was stationed at Port Canaveral. It was a very different place then than it is now. I lived at Patrick Air Force Base and commuted up A1A, and if you've ever been over there, you probably have seen the Cocoa Beach United Methodist Church. It's a big imposing building with a a humongous A-frame roof. Uh, That roof collapsed uh, while they were putting the beams up uh, back in the early 60s when they were building that sanctuary because a hurricane came through before those beams were all quite in place and it toppled one and it fell into another like a bunch of dominoes. Well, that's the church I, had, I, I, I attended when I went to church. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you everything about me. <laughs> but that's the place where I felt I was being called to the ministry. I was involved in a young single adult group in those years. I was, In fact, I was the president of the group. And, and uh, Dr. Downey, Jack Downey, was the pastor. And after a prayer session one night with, with our group, I was talking with Dr. Jack, and uh, he said to me, Richard, did you ever think that God was calling you to the ministry? Now, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I know I didn't want to stay in the Navy, but that was all I knew. I didn't know what. I was going to do, and I still had about two years left in my hitch. But after Jack made that question, I, I couldn't get it out of my head, and I began to struggle with my call to ministry. One weekend, a fellow by the name of Danny Morris came to the Cocoa Beach Church, and in those years, it was Cocoa Beach Methodist. It wasn't united yet. We hadn't merged with the Evangelical United Brethren at that point. Danny Morris was the editor of The Upper Room, a devotional booklet put out by the General Board of Discipleship. Some of you nodding your head, you know what I'm talking about. Danny came for a weekend and to do some worship services to preach, to teach, and to talk. And because I was a young man looking at the ministry, Dr. Downey thought it would be good for me to sit and talk with Danny Morris. And so I had the opportunity on a couple of occasions to sit down and talk with Danny. And in one of the the sessions, I shared with him my struggle about going into the ministry, about being called, because there were some things in my life that I knew for myself I could not be a part of my life if I was going to be a pastor. One was smoking. For me, it was an impediment to ministry and I, and I felt that if I was going to stand up in front of a congregation of people and talk about uh, things that were harmful and I'm standing up there as it were with a cigarette in my hand, uh, that didn't make exactly the best witness in the world. And so I was talking with Danny about, about those struggles, and he was quiet, kind of looked down at his, at his feet, and then he looked at me and he just, he just pinned me to the wall with a stare as he said, Richard, maybe you need to not worry so much about whether you're being called to the ministry until you decide whether or not you're a Christian. Mm. Have you been there? Have you been there? Have, have you ever had somebody just ask you a question that literally froze you? I, I would love to tell you that I sat there and I thought, hmm, that's an interesting thing for me to think about. No. I didn't. I was offended. I was offended that this guy that I didn't know, who didn't know me, except by what I believe God's Holy Spirit revealed to him at that time, was going to be that critical, that insightful, (laughs) that painful. I was on the spot, folks. And and if you have ever in your life been on a spot like that, then you know how it feels. Maybe you need to decide if you're a Christian before you worry about being called to the ministry. Somebody asked me after one of the services, well, what did you decide? <laughs> that was good, that was so good. I said, I don't know. <laughs> All I knew was I was on the spot, and I, I, I had to find, and I did come to find God's hand and God's voice in Danny Morris's question, because it wasn't meant to be mean was meant to help me, but it took time for me to come to that point. This morning we talk about a New Testament character by the name of Zacchaeus. You remember him. He was a little man. He lived in Jericho. He was a tax collector, which made him one of the more beloved citizens of that community. Not only was a tax collector, he was the chief tax collector. And he found himself one day on a spot with Jesus. And if you look at the story in Luke 19, here's what we read. He entered Jericho, that's Jesus, and was passing through it. Now, let me, let me digress here for a minute. If you don't know anything about me at all, you'll know one thing. I, I read between the lines of scripture. Chris does this. I don't know where he got it, but he does. He, Jesus, was passing through it. What does that mean? That means he had no intention of staying. That means he had another destination in mind. He did not have a reservation at Best Western. He was going somewhere else. Okay. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector, and he was rich, wealthy. He was trying to, oh, let me let me tell you the story. <laughs> the word wealthy, the word wealthy reminds me of a lady that I knew in my first congregation when I was an associate pastor at Asbury Methodist Church in Maitland. Her name was, her given name was Wealthy. That was her given name. You know what, you know what they called her? Penny. <laughs> that was what everybody knew her as, Penny. Now, what does that have to do with the message? Nothing. It was just one of those things that popped into my mind that, you know, they say insanity is hereditary. You get it from your kids. It's Chris's fault, Tony. It's Chris's fault. Okay. He was a chief tax collector and was rich, wealthy. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, and some translations say spot, and that's what we have up on the screen, says spot, uh, he looked up and he said to him, that is Jesus saying to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, hurry and come down. For I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it were happy. No, they weren't happy. No, they were, they were upset. They were mad. They grumbled. They, they, they were like, you know, Judgmental, because Jesus was going with this sinner. He has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Oh, my gosh. All of us who are not sinners may leave. Okay. We know where we stand. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, don't miss this. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek out and to save the lost. God placed a desire in the heart of Zacchaeus to see Jesus. But because the crowd was large and tall, Zacchaeus couldn't see over them. We could say that Zacchaeus was vertically challenged. He didn't give up, though. He made an effort, and his desire forced him to run ahead and climb a tree just to get a look at this man from Nazareth. And when he did, notice, when Zacchaeus put effort behind his intentions, his life was changed. Don't miss that. When Zacchaeus put an effort to it, his life was changed. Tommy Tenney, in his book, The God Chasers, writes, the truth is that we all have come short of the glory of God and cannot see him face to face without divine assistance i believe god calculates divine spots in our lives to encounter us not only at the matter uh, at the moment of salvation those are important points those times when we come to god and say yes and find find new life but but at other times too Sometimes uh, times that are just so innocuous we might miss them. Like, like the Sunday somebody invites you to go to church with them, and you go. And you're sitting there, and something that is said or something that is sung or some, something that is expressed in prayer touches you. And you're having a divine moment at that time. So God, God has these, these moments designed for us to encounter him. Tenney suggests that perhaps God put it in the heart of a farmer who lived decades before Zacchaeus to plant a tree. Someone else watered it. Someone else tended to it. And a sycamore tree stood tall and strong just at the right time for climbing at exactly the time Zacchaeus would get a cue to make an effort to scramble for a life-changing glimpse of Jesus. Before he got a look at Jesus, Zacchaeus was generous to himself, but afterwards he was charitable toward others. Before he had his position as chief tax collector to protect, but after Jesus called this cheater, this sinner, a son of Abraham. Before he met Jesus, Zacchaeus was lost. Afterward, salvation came to his whole house. Jesus said, "Because the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who were lost." He was a short man physically. That's true. But after the encounter, after he was put on the spot, short Zacchaeus had a tall vision, and he repaid four times that which he had stolen. So as we prepare for communion in just a moment, there are three things about this encounter I'd like you to see. The first is this. Jesus' approach to Zacchaeus was purposeful. As I said earlier, Jesus did not go to Jericho to see Zacchaeus. He was passing through it. But for some reason, Jesus changed his plans because Jesus saw the need of this man he set aside his interests and encountered this chief tax collector in an event that would change his life don't you know God does that for us all the time God bless us if we're able to see it when those events happen Jesus' trip through Jericho became one of a purposeful event. Second, it was personal. Why do I say that? Because Jesus calls Zacchaeus by name. First thought that crossed my mind when I read this text how did he know Zacchaeus's name? How did he know? I'm going to give you the deep theological response to that question. How did Jesus know Zacchaeus' name? I don't know. <laughs> Scripture doesn't tell us. Scripture doesn't waste time telling us because that's really not important. Maybe Zacchaeus's reputation preceded him. You ever think about your reputation preceding you? Or mine preceding me? Whatever it is, Jesus knows us by name. He knows us by reputation and longs to have a personal relationship with us. So it was purposeful, it was personal, and it was also pressing. Jesus used words like hurry and today and I must. There is always a pressing urgency about our meeting with the Lord of life because none of us knows how much time we have left. Don't put off your encounter. When God puts you on the spot, respond. And so I ask the question, what spot are you in or on right now? Jesus approaches us. He longs to transform us. And as we look to him, we realize he has been looking for us. Don't miss the spot of your connection with God. Maybe it's a pleasant place. Maybe it's in the midst of a challenge. Or while you're up a tree. Why? Might even happen in church, of all places. But make no mistake. Jesus longs to meet each one of us at the spot of his choice. After all, we are the reason he came. And we are the reason. He gave his life. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, i got to confess, I don't like some of the spots that I've been in and on over the years. There are times when I'd really have preferred that it be someone else. But Through it all, I've come to trust in you. And through it all, I've come to try to be faithful to your calling. And I would pray, Lord, that it would be so for each of us. So as we find ourselves on the spot, let us be faithful and available and teachable and come out on the other side better for it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and God's people said, Amen.